Another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Good to be back here with you guys. Auburn football obviously is on the brain for everybody. We are in the middle of spring practice. That's not a hyperbole. We're right there in the middle of spring practice because two weeks are up. The team has a week off in terms of on-field practice. They're still doing some conditioning and some film review with coaches, but they're not doing any sort of practicing this week. And then two more weeks, and they will wrap things up with the A-Day spring game on April 17th. So a bit of a break here for them. Brian Harson wanted to give the team something that resembled a spring break because Auburn University is not observing spring break this year. Instead, they're giving students um, the wellness days so that they can, I think, I mean, I'm not a student anymore, but I think that's kind of to... Um, mitigate the the spread, I guess, of, of sending kids home and bringing them back to campus. Anyway, regardless, Brian Harson thought it would be good for this team to get an actual spring break, an actual week, sort of a staycation, I think is kind of what he called it, of everybody staying on campus. Obviously, again, they're still conditioning. There's still sort of light workouts for everybody to stay sharp. But given the, giving them a little bit of a break here in the middle, that's something he's done in the past at his past programs. Um, and then they're obviously going to come back and finish things up. So a lot that we have learned so far through two weeks of spring practice. But we've already talked about a lot of that. And you probably already know about a lot of that. We've covered a lot of it on the website. And really, there's nothing uh, nothing really specific that we could get into today that we haven't already talked about or haven't already written about ad nauseum at this point. Because obviously, everybody's hungry for football um, you know, the basketball team is not playing in the tournament, so everybody is really hungry for football. So everybody's sort of already dissected all that stuff. So t- in order to hold us over to next week, I thought I would just get some questions, do a little bit of a mailbag Q&A type episode. You guys seem to like that last time. So I got some, uh, some, some questions here. I got some questions here from our subscribers today, put out a poll, put out a, I guess, a call for questions on our message board and got some good ones today. Some pretty, some pretty good, some pretty good questions, excuse me. Um, Kind of an eclectic group of questions here that uh, I think will help us kind of dive into a lot of different uh, issues at Auburn and a lot of different stuff going on with a lot of different sports teams and topics. So um, we are ready to go and jump into that. One small thing I wanted to say before we get started with that, I'm also going to say this at the end of the show. I always say this at the end of the show where you guys can find the podcast, but We are back on Spotify. That is something that a lot of people have been asking. Yeah, we'll celebrate for a minute. Not long enough to get copyright striked or struck, striked. I don't know. Journalism. Um, Yeah, we're back on. uh, We're back on Spotify. Uh, We were off for probably three months or something like that. I was in um, an eternal pit of misery trying to get us back on Spotify. It was not a very easy process, but finally, finally, finally. The podcast is back on Spotify, so rejoice. I know that Apple Podcasts and Spotify are the two most popular ones. So I think the problem was whenever Brandon gave the podcast over to me, um, I think he used kind of a different housing app than we do now. And so not everything transferred. None of that matters. Y'all don't care about that. But I'm, I'm saying that in order to transition and say that if there's anywhere else that you like to listen to podcasts, and you have figured out that this show is not appearing there for some reason, 
Um, I don't know where else it would be. I only listen on Apple Podcasts, to be honest. I haven't looked. There's a million different podcasting places that people listen to their stuff. If there's a place that you listen to it and you like listening to podcasts on there and this show is not showing up on there, please message me. Please let me know. I will. It seems like I have the process sort of figured out and I will be able to uh, to get it resolved there as well, just like I did on Spotify. So rejoice. We're back on Spotify. Yay. Great work, everybody. Hope everybody's happy with that. So anyway, let's jump right into the questions. Got my a uh, little bit of a glass of water here because I talk way too fast and I've got my puppy camera set up so that my dog doesn't pee everywhere in the house uh, while I am too busy <laughs> answering questions. So let's jump right in. So the first one is from Red Mellow 22. These are all from the Bada Get a message board. Appreciate everybody uh, reaching out and uh, sending me some good questions. Says, what do you think our best five will be next year if Cooper returns or if he leaves? Talking about Auburn basketball, obviously. Sharif Cooper, best starting five. And then he also asks, any update on if Henderson reclassifies? Talking about Scoot Henderson. Um, a five-star point guard in the 2022 class. I'll actually start with that one because I do have a bit of uh, a little bit of knowledge there. I, I had one conversation actually last week with someone who said Scoot Henderson, which by the way, Scoot Henderson has not yet committed to Auburn, but it, it, it sort of seems like a foregone conclusion at this point. Another Georgia guy, um, obviously Bruce Pearl has recruited the heck out of Georgia, um, a five-star at a Cal high school in Marietta. One of the best players in that class. He's the number three point guard in the country, a top 15 player nationally. Um, just looking at his list here. I mean, it really seems like Auburn has all the momentum here. Auburn has 100% of the crystal balls. But what a lot of people have been hypothesizing over, and I guess a lot of Auburn fans have been hoping would be the case, is that Scoot Henderson is able to reclassify and come next season if Sharif Cooper is not able to return or you know, obviously decides to go pro and decides to go to the NBA, Auburn getting another really good point guard, another five-star point guard in there. So basically I had a conversation last week, a brief conversation with someone who said that quote, scoot reclass scoot is what people, a lot of people call him. Um, him reclassifying is quote, still on the table. Um, still a little bit of the operative word there, seeming like it has sort of always been um, something that has been discussed within the program and uh, within, uh, you know, again, obviously he's not, hasn't committed yet. So, you know, this is all very beating around the bush for this sort of process. I, I you know, whether he's a silent commit to Auburn or not that, you know, nobody's going to know until it comes out later, but this, it, at least for, if you're an Auburn fan, it gives you optimism that these conversations are happening um, and that that's a, a little bit of a possibility. So, I think you know from everything I've heard, which again, this is the most recent thing, and it's it's what little I know of the situation, not covering recruiting, but it does seem like a possibility. Um, it does seem like something that could happen um, for the 2021-2022 season. Obviously, if he were to just come normally, Scoot Henderson wouldn't come until the 2022 season. So obviously the question here is whether he is going to move back to 2021. Seems like it is a possibility, but obviously we're going to keep you guys updated with that. Nothing um, is for sure right now. But again, on the table is a possibility. Uh, your first question was, what do you think the best starting five is for Auburn next season? What if Sharif leaves or if he returns? Yeah, I mean, obviously if he returns, he's your point guard. Uh, no question. If he leaves, 
Um, I mean, I like the point guard you have so far or the guard that you've signed. Excuse me. You haven't signed him yet, but you, the transfer out of College of Charleston, that's Zepp Jasper, um, in case anybody has missed that. He's committed to Auburn, a, a pretty consistent scoring guard, uh, six foot two, six foot three, a guy who can give you a little bit of uh, point guard play as well out of the College of Charleston. He could play point. Sure. I mean, that's a possibility. I like him a little bit more as a scorer. So I do think if Sharif Cooper leaves, you're going to see Bruce Pearl purposefully go after a, a pure point guard in the transfer portal. Um, a guy like a Xavier Pinson out of Missouri, I think would be really, really good. He's, he's capable of playing both guard spots, but a guy that shows he's, he can be a good facilitator and a really good SEC veteran. He's a guy that Auburn seems to be um, in the mix for. So anyway, I, I think that you've got to get a pure point guard if Sharif Cooper leaves. Obviously, if Sharif Cooper comes back, you've got a pretty everything else kind of falls into line um, if Sharif Cooper stays at Auburn. But obviously, he's a first round NBA draft talent. He He's going to announce that he's going to go through the draft process sooner rather than later because JT Thor has already done that and JT Thor is you know, hard to find in any mock draft. So a guy who's being mocked in the first round is definitely going to do it pretty soon at the two. Um, I like Alan Flanagan. Now there's, there's a couple different lineups you could do here. Basically my starting five, I'll just run straight down it. Flanagan at the two. I think you can play Jabari Smith at the three. I think he's, he and JT Thor are built pretty similarly, but if you got to think if JT Thor comes back, he's going to be able to add a little bit of muscle, be a, a bigger player. And Jabari Smith is going to be kind of that leaner freshman who's going to be able to play a little bit more on the wing, kind of as a swing player. And then I've got JT Thor at the four and Jalen Williams at the five. Um, there's a couple different ways you could do this. Um, you could move Flanagan down. You could move everybody down, really. So you could move Flanagan down to the three. You could move Jabari Smith down to the four and you could play JT Thor at center. Um, and you could that would force you to start a guy like Trey Alexander at shooting guard, who's going to be the freshman coming in four-star prospect out of Oklahoma, or you could start Zepp Jasper at shooting guard. So, but I think that lineup, which would be Cooper or a transfer or a high level point guard transfer, which I don't think Auburn would have much of an issue getting a high level point guard transfer. If Sharif Cooper um, decides to go to the NBA, it's Cooper Flanagan, Smith or Williams. I think that's your best five. I think that gives you, the most athleticism and the best players on the court immediately. Obviously you can tinker that on paper. It's a little bit hard to tell with a basketball lineup because over the course of the season, you can move a guy to the bench. If you think he's going to be better, you know, have better production as a sixth man. Obviously all of that can change over the course of the season. Anyway, hope that answers your questions. Good questions. Thank you again to Mr. Red Mello 22. Next question is from a U Hickey, Hig, Higgy, H I G G Y. Got to be careful there. Um, do we know exactly how Wright's injury happened? Yeah. So talking about Jeremiah Wright, that's something we haven't discussed here on the podcast yet. Jeremiah Wright, the sophomore defensive tackle for Auburn. Um, really the first big injury, the only big injury right now. Well, Brandon Council is injured, but it didn't occur this spring. The only big injury that occurred this spring so far happened um, last Thursday. Jeremiah Wright, the defensive tackle, tore his ACL. So he is obviously out for a while. Obviously, his 2021 season is in jeopardy. And that's a really unfortunate blow because not only was he going to be a good depth piece, and not only does that suck for a kid looking forward to playing this season, but also, I mean, he was a really promising young player 
this spring, a guy who was standing out, a guy who was having an opportunity to play with the first team defense, getting a lot of snaps at defensive tackle. Um, he's kind of a, I mean, he's really, really big. He's six foot five, I believe, um, in the 320. So he can definitely play that nose tackle in the 3 4 defense for Derek Mason. But obviously, an unfortunate injury for him. In terms of how, how it happened, no, if you're talking about like a specific play or something like that, or like how it how it occurred in a play. Um, no, I don't know that. The only thing that I know is that it was in the scrimmage. That's what I was told. Um, so not a normal practice or, or drills. I get the day Thursday was a scrimmage day inside the stadium. So it wasn't in the drills beforehand. It certainly wasn't in the 40 minutes beforehand when we were there, when reporters were allowed to be there and, and take some notes from practice because we didn't see that. And it wasn't in, you know, cool downs or any drills during the scrimmage or after the scrimmage. It was in, you know, sort of, I guess, live play, if you will. So he was um, really he had a big day the next day on Friday. He was diagnosed, um, given the diagnosis late Friday evening that it was a torn ACL. He has not had surgery yet. He's currently with his family um, during this break right now. Obviously, he's not able um, to do a lot of the workouts, so. They're allowing him to go home and uh, and get a little bit of rest, and he'll probably have that surgery, that operation, um, pretty soon. Now that opens the door. There's a lot of players at defensive tackle that could make some noise for Auburn. A guy like Marquise Burks, uh, the JUCO transfer from last season, a second-year player now. He looks really good this spring. He's taking some first-team reps. Really, all, all the guys there, Dre Butler, a former JUCO transfer, Zachivas Walker, who was the highest rated player in the 2020 um, class besides Tank Bigsby. He sort of came on at the end of last season, and he looks like a really talented player as well. So um, you're going to see them start to fill in there. Luckily for Derek Mason, he's got a lot of versatility. That's that's kind of been the name of the game for him so far with this front seven so much. So, I mean, he said he, he's like a kid in a candy shop because of all the versatility and all the different ways he can use all these weapons that Auburn has, not only on the front seven, but all over this defense. So unfortunate injury for Jeremiah Wright. Hopefully um, the surgery goes well. Hopefully that process goes well for him and he's back on the field very soon. Um, next question is from L Webb. Thank you for that question, by the way. Next question is from L Webb 4087. Do you think the coaching staff will stick with Nick Brahms at center? Or will they look in the transfer portal? Brahms at center. Yeah. Um, something that someone who would know said to me at the open practice. This was a couple Saturdays ago, the open practice inside the stadium. Um, he looked at the guys practicing the first team offensive line and said, these guys will not be the five at the start of the season for Auburn. Um, and that's not including Brandon Council coming back. Remember that Council can play center. Um, he, that's something he played at Akron. He played it last fall camp, actually, um, when Nick Brahms was out with COVID for a little bit. So, yeah, Brahms has taken his lumps. He's certainly a guy that takes some criticism from Auburn fans. I do believe they'll go after a tackle in the portal before they go after a center. Um, but it's very, very possible if you, again, this coaching staff, we've talked about it on here before, this coaching staff, especially on the offensive line, Returning starts is one thing, but whether those starts were productive and whether the new coaching staff views them as being productive is another. They're going to have a clean slate. Everybody on this offensive line has a clean slate um, for better or for worse. So, uh, no, I don't you know, I don't believe Nick Brahms job job is 100 percent safe. 
but we're going to learn a lot more about that. You know, they're, they're probably going to bring in at least one transfer along the offensive line after spring practice is over. And then obviously there's the question of, I mean, it's something I'm looking forward to. Yes. We were talking to some of the offensive linemen looking forward to finding out. We're talking to some of the offensive linemen um, through the first couple of weeks. And they were saying how they're looking forward to getting a starting five solidified. And the coaching staff was looking forward to that. And I was like, well, I mean, Brandon council was probably your best player last season, regardless of position on the offensive line before he got hurt. And so uh, I don't know about that. I think if he's ready to go by the fall, if that shoulder and his knee are both healed, you're probably reinserting him somewhere. So I think this is a battle along the offensive line. I, I, again, much to Auburn fans dismay because they've been in the middle of this process for a long time. I mean, it seems like they've, it's been forever since they've had a concrete offensive line that's been figured out in spring practice. But I think this is a process that will go all the way through the fall for sure. Will friend, the new offensive line coach um, along with this new offensive staff as a whole is going to take all the time that they need to continue to rotate these guys and continue to find what's going to be their best five because they know that they cannot take the same lumps this season they've been taking in the past. Um, otherwise, Bo Nix and this offense as a whole is just going to have a repeat of their past couple years performances, which is obviously what Auburn fans are wanting to move on from with Brian Harson. So thanks for that question. It's a good one. Okay, the next question is from War Damn Eagle 17. Hopefully I'm okay with saying that. Explicit episode now. Um, <laughs> what's the average day like for a beat writer, are you working from home right now? Do y'all normally work in an office setting? And are you constantly trying to go out and interview people slash go to events? Yes, that's a good question. Um, if you would like to know, maybe hopefully there aren't too many people who are going to be bored with my response. But uh, my average day, I mean, yes, I work from home for sure. I've got myself a little home office type setup, but but that that's that doesn't have to do with COVID. Um, I mean, I was going to work from home. I've known that I was going to have a work from home. I was going to be a a stay at home um, worker since I was like a junior in college. And I decided this is what I wanted to do. And now with everything being over Zoom, with press conferences being over Zoom, most game availabilities being over Zoom. Now, luckily, we've actually been able to have a couple in person, um, you know, talks with Brian Harson this spring. That's been really, really nice. But everything's over Zoom. So, yes, definitely from home right now. Um, some people do work in an office like Mark and Jason um, from inside the Auburn Tigers on our website. They have an office and that's because they've been doing that magazine for a really long time and have been printing there. But I mean, they just go that we get on our meetings and both of them are there a lot of the time. It's just, you know, an office space, an office space that you have to work in. And so, you know, it's just whatever some people prefer in terms of an average day. I mean, if there's something scheduled, if there's something um, planned for the day that I know is going to happen, whether that's an interview that Auburn sets up, you know, like a media availability, whenever we talk to Brian Harson or we talk to players or we talk to coordinators, whoever, you know, we're set up with during basketball season, we can talk to Bruce Pearl, whether there's a basketball game that night. And I know that I'm going to be covering that game. Obviously all of that is accounted for. So I'll kind of work my way around it during basketball season and, and not really football season because football takes all day, but I mean, if you have something like that, you know, maybe try to get your your housework out of the way beforehand, try to have any personal time, just kind of make sure that you, you know, our, our hours are weird. And but I don't I don't sort of subscribe to the notion that um, our hours are horrible. You just kind of have to be smart about it. You know, you've got to think ahead and you've got to know when you're going to be needed because 
the notion that there's just always, oh, there's breaking news. You know, you're going to be run to your computer. You've got to get something up super quick. I mean, that only happens like a few times a year. I mean, most of the time you're by your computer during the day doing some other work. And so if something quick happens, you can put it up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a pretty normal day. I mean, I get up and do what I need to do right now with the new puppy. It's a bit of a it's a bit difficult because I'm trying to pretty much squeeze every ounce of time that I have whenever he's asleep, which actually I'm looking at the camera right now um, and he's awake. Hopefully he goes right back to sleep. Give me a bit of a live a live feed right now. I might have to <laughs> I might have to cut this and take him outside um, if he's awake. I know this is the most riveting content uh, you've ever heard. OK, he's back to sleep there. Everybody applaud. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of if we're doing interviews, going out and doing interviews, uh, right now, there's not a lot that you can do in person. Me personally, like this is a this is a dead week. You know, there's no events, there's no press conferences, there's no spring practice. So I am during these kinds of weeks, and really during the off season is when you kind of do your outsourcing. You'll use the people that you know if you've met some people in the past, like parents of players, high school coaches, other coaches um, across the sport, getting to talk to those people. Um, because you're not talking to somebody from Auburn can be really helpful. Like I'm recording this on Monday, but when it posts on Tuesday morning, I'm going to have a story later in the day um, on JJ Pegues and whether he's playing defense this spring. So look out for that. And I talked to his dad because we haven't talked to JJ Pegues yet. So I wanted to know that. And so I talked to his dad who I know. So yeah, just stuff like that. I mean, you're just figuring out what you want to do all day long and, and make good use of your time. It's, it's certainly a job where you, can waste time. You can definitely sit here and do absolutely nothing all day. And sometimes, I mean, that's okay because you have really busy weekends sometimes. And so sometimes you'll make up for it and give yourself a couple of days off during the week. So hope that answers your question. Okay. I know I kind of rambled a bit there. That was the only one here. I don't have my, my spreadsheet here, my Google doc. That was the only one I didn't have like an answer written down for because I thought I could just do it off the cuff. So hopefully everybody hasn't uh, closed out after that one. So uh, appreciate the question. Next question is from Palin or Palin P Allen 42. That makes a lot more sense. Um, do you kind of similar to what we we're talking about? Do you think council could potentially take over the guard spot when he comes back or the center spot, excuse me. And do you think we get a transfer offensive tackle? The coaches might move ham to guard. Yeah. So I'll kind of, I mean, we'll skim over that first part because I already talked about it a little bit, but yes, definitely. I mean, Brandon Council 100% can play center. And just in terms of a guy, an interior pass blocker and an interior run blocker, he was probably the best one on the roster last season before he got hurt. And so his ability to perform at a high level there isn't really in question. Now it's just a matter of, again, this is assuming your, your question, this is assuming that they do make this move. It's a matter of whether he, the, the snaps are there and because, you know, but, I don't know how many starts they share together, but it's a good bit between Nick Brahms and Bo Nix. I mean, that rapport that they have, that chemistry, that matters in a, in a quarterback and center relationship in terms of getting off good snaps. So, But hey, maybe with how much Mike Bobo is putting this offense under center right now, maybe that kind of wipes everything clean. And if you can snap the ball well under center, maybe you've got a chance to, to take over the first team spot. So yes, I, th I think he could definitely take over that spot. That's going to be something... Again, really, really going to be interested to see what they do with Brandon Council in the fall, assuming he'll be, you know, fingers crossed, hoping he'll be healthy by then. And his other question was, do you think that Auburn gets a transfer offensive tackle? The coaches might move Brodarius Ham to guard. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
if you get a transfer, you could ideally have so from left to right, Jackson, uh, Tayshawn Manning, Brandon Council, like assuming your previous question, Brandon Council in the middle, and then Brodarius Hammett guard, and then a transfer tackle. Or you could swap, you know, obviously you could swap the tackles there if you think that's your best group. Really, Brodarius Ham is built to play guard. I, I feel like that's kind of what you're alluding to. Everybody sort of realizes that. And even Auburn has realized that the past staff realized it, but he kind of got stuck at that tackle spot. And that was Auburn's best bet there for a while. La- or all of last season, he was their best bet there. And he did a pretty respectable job most of the time, but um, he thinks he can play guard in the NFL. He He's trying to make some money this season. Um, he's trying to, to get himself out there and, and be a, an NFL prospect in the future. And he's got to do it this season. So um, I think that would be a good fit for him. Obviously, you could move around the offensive line like we were talking about. Will Friend didn't really move guys around much the first two weeks. Talking to players, it sounds like everybody's still in their same place as the coaches are sorting things out and getting to know people. You know, they're likely going to see more of that. You're going to see more of the moving and shuffling once we get back from that break because this break the sole purpose of this break not the sole purpose but for the coaches um it's evaluation it's breaking down film because you know that they would be the first ones to tell you they don't know these guys very well they don't know these players super well they got to know their personalities and winter workouts and um you know how many weights they could lift but they don't know about their play styles so they figured that out through the first two weeks of camp and now they can spend this entire week going back on the film evaluating guys and kind of moving some pecking orders around. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some things get shuffled when we return for these last couple weeks. So appreciate that question. We're going to get to a quick break so that we can have one. I know I've been rambling on for a little bit. We get to the rest of the questions. Got a few more good ones um, on the other side of this break. You're listening to the Auburn Undercover Podcast. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. And we're back on the Auburn Undercover Podcast, a bit of a Q&A edition here. Again, holding ourselves over until spring practice gets back underway. The next question is from Auburn Penn State. It's a pretty, pretty fun name. It's going to be pretty uh, topical next season. Um, let's flip to the other side of the state. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do you know of any Alabama basketball players that may leave and what their team may look like next year? I am curious what their team may look like compared to ours. Thanks. Yeah, so... Obviously, Alabama, people have been talking a lot about Alabama basketball because obviously Auburn fans are very excited that Alabama lost to UCLA um, in the Sweet 16. Both my parents actually are, are Alabama grads, so I have been talking extensively. They're, they're you know, kind of like a lot of Auburn fans did, and, and don't act like you didn't. I'm sure a lot didn't, but a lot of Auburn fans got into Auburn basketball when they started getting better. And so my parents over the past couple years, I told them Nate Oates was going to be a great hire. And so they've started been paying attention a little bit more. So I've actually been talking a good bit of Alabama basketball with them. I won't, I don't cover Alabama, so I won't spend too long on it, but it is a good point by you that you got to look at how these teams stack up because I think Oates versus Pearl with the way that Nate Oates has their program set up, obviously Auburn is set up to where anything shy of an NCAA tournament appearance is probably a disappointment. Alabama's the same way. 
this is going to be a great fight in the state of Alabama over the next foreseeable future. And that's really, really exciting for college basketball fans. So their roster next season in terms of their roster makeup, well, they do have J.D. Davison, who is an in-state kid, a five-star guard, whom Auburn chased after. Bruce Pearl really wanted him, ended up committing to Alabama. They have a couple other four-stars coming in, um, one of whom is a JUCO transfer. And then Oates should bring in like one or two good transfers. Most SEC programs nowadays, they bring in a couple good transfers every cycle. Um, on the surface, for me, losing uh, John Petty and, and Herb Jones is really big. I mean, obviously, you lose the SEC player of the year. I saw some Alabama fans talking about how losing Herbert Jones is actually an upgrade because of his offense not being that great. Um, I think that is just a smoking take. I mean, I don't know how you lose the SEC player of the year and get better. And then John Petty was just so good for so long. I know he was inconsistent sometimes, but anytime you had a volume three point shooter like that, I mean, I know Auburn fans were super scared of him every time they played. Um, and then Bruner is gone too in the front court, but I think, uh, Quinterly, Javon Quinterly looked really good. I think he looked like their best player sometimes. This season, getting Primo back. Um, let's see, Keon Ellis plus Davison. That's that foursome um, in the backcourt is really, really good. Actually, um, they'll probably, in terms of where they where they are, where their roster is. Not going to do like a whole deep dive into it, but um, just for me, they look like they'll probably be picked higher than Auburn in the SEC, even if Sharif comes back. I mean, maybe that that's kind of my just because, I mean, the defending champions of the conference and, um, you know, the veteran presence proved to be a big thing for them last year. And everybody's going to know those pieces that they have coming back, you know, Keon Ellis and Primo and Quinterly. People are going to know them and know their names. And that that matters a little bit in terms of the preseason, um, but they'll still have a lot to prove. You know, it's still going to be. Um, an uphill battle for them to you know, the sweet 16 is not, it's not easy to get there. Um, it's certainly not easy to get to the elite eight and the final four. So, but the sweet 16, you know, not, not an easy run for them. They had a great season. They'll have a lot to prove, but um, my, my thoughts are that they're going to be a trendy NCAA tournament pick. Again, I, I can't imagine that they are not going to be, you know, expected to make the NCAA tournament because they'll have a ton of talent and good coaching um, just like Auburn should next season. So, Next question. Thank you for that question. Next question is from my guy, Charlie five. Hello, Charlie five. He says, uh, do you love Ty Edwards like me? And why is the answer? Yes. Um, my guy, Charlie five. Uh, sure. I, I like him. He looks great. Uh, talking about the Juco running back prospect. Um, he's a big, tall guy. Like what is he, six foot two. Yeah. Got him at six foot two here, like two twenty. Um, you know, yeah, I was watching his film. I, I'll have, you know, I went and watched his film, you know, the huddle highlights, but that counts, um, because of your question. Yeah. I mean, he's a Harold Joyner type runner, which I think a lot of Auburn fans sort of fantasize over what Harold Joyner could have been. You just look at that type of athlete. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he could be a great piece for that room. I know that Auburn was high on him. Um, they were on him out of high school. I don't even remember if I covered the team at that time, but I remember Keith reporting on him back in like, you know, 2017, 2018. And now he's a junior college kind of target for them. So yes, uh, sure. If, if he's your guy, Charlie five, if you love Ty Edwards, um, then yes, I also love Ty Edwards as well. That is my final answer. If he commits to Auburn, I will be all aboard the Ty Edwards Hype train, me and you will sort of be co co-conductors 
I guess. Thank you for the question, Charlie Five. Um, M5 guy, that just sort of forewarning, I, I, I won't be answering this question. Um, he says, if you're taking baseball and softball questions, how do we end our hitting woes? And the only reason I bring that up is because um, just being completely honest, I was going to like look over a ton of stats and stuff and like read over all of the just to be honest, I haven't watched much Auburn baseball and softball this year. Like I've caught a handful of games. I just I do not. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you <laughs> and say that I know why they're hitting isn't that great and why Auburn baseball is 0 and 6 and why Auburn softball isn't that hot. I would, however, encourage you, please, if you need to know anything about Auburn softball, read Philip on our website. If you need to know anything about Auburn baseball, read Jason. Um, those two guys know everything that they're talking about with those two diamond sports. I know it kind of sounds like a cop out. I'm just trying to be honest. I don't um, pay attention. I, I haven't really watched those as much as I probably should have. And so I'm not going to sit here and give you an irresponsible answer. But um, I'm going to throw them you know, out a little bit and just say if you want to tag them and ask them a more specific question about either of the teams, they would give you a much better answer. So yeah, was just, uh, just putting that out there. If you want to ask them on Twitter or the message board or something like that, uh, go ahead and do that. Thank you for the question though. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't answer. I didn't feel, uh, I didn't feel comfortable. I would have felt dirty if I had sat there and uh, sat there and lied to you. Um, Ice tiger asks, can rap, which says ca rap, but I assume there's supposed to be an end there. Can rap be now we're getting philosophical. Can rap be classified as folk music? To be fair, when I asked for questions, I said you could ask whatever you want. The customer is always right. Um, can it be classified as folk music? Why or why not? And he gives a little note here. It says he fully falls into the non-sports stuff category and the customer is always right. Yes, it definitely does. Thank you for the question, Ice Tiger. Um, so I'm going to read this straight off of Google. Folk music is the music going to get copyright striked uh, twice in one podcast. Folk music is the music that is sung by the people, not music recorded in a studio or performed on a stage. Dot, dot, dot. The roots of this genre are in traditional music, but is by no means all traditional. This genre is also referred to as, quote, acoustic, <laughs> acoustic music, end quote, because usually acoustic instruments are used. Uh, that's the end of the definition. I say sure. Um, I would definitely. And that's just because I'm kind of a proponent of music genres blending but i feel like freestyle i was trying to think of like what elements of rap would mostly fit into the definition of folk music and i feel like freestyle mostly have traits that are passed down because you don't have much studio work with them like i just think about like eight mile eminem like you know they're obviously none of that is uh none of that is big time production or anything like that and i feel like that's some of the best rap out there in terms of you know traditionalism and being passed down, which apparently is the definition of folk music. Um, so yes, final answer. That's my final answer is yes. But again, I also tend to be like in the camp that thinks all music can cross over genres pretty seamlessly because you can find different artists and different style choices and uh, kind of tonal changes and, and the way that people kind of approach their genres that uh, you know, allows them to be different thing. I really do think that you can look at any genre of music. And if you find the artist that fits that bill, it can be really close to another genre. But anyway, that's my band nerd side talking. I was in the UMB. I was a band kid for a long time. So don't get me talking about music, but actually do get me talking about music. Very good question. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Ice Tiger. Um, and then I wanted to include this one from The Rock. 
just because he makes me laugh. Um, he's asking about Travis Williams, who Auburn's former defensive coordinator, now UCF's, or excuse me, Auburn's former linebackers coach, now UCF's defensive coordinator. He asks me, uh, is he an Epcot or a Magic Kingdom guy? Uh, has he been tubing at Volcano Bay or has he tried the filet at Crest Chop House? We haven't had any content on him recently. Let's get to work mods. Uh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I laughed pretty hard when I saw that. I will say, admittedly, the UCF thing, when, you know, when all the Auburn people started to go to UCF, it was like, I feel like a lot of that stuff you would normally report. Like Marcus Davis got the Hawaii job, became Hawaii's wide receivers coach. I definitely wrote a story on that. Um, people like Jonathan Wallace, whenever I believe he's at, I'm not going to say it, but I know he used to be at Air Force. Um, you know, anytime that happens, former Auburn players becoming coaches, I feel like everybody eats that up, but it was because it's Gus Malzahn and because people wanted to get over Gus Malzahn. And also there was just a lot of T-Will updates from me. I will say I, I posted a lot of updates about T-Will, but that's because a lot of people were interested in him. Anyway, not going to try to, not going to be lame here and defend myself. Um, I will say I have been to Volcano Bay. I stayed at that hotel, whatever that one is. Uh, I can't, gosh, I'm blanking on it right now, but I went to Universal Studios in like late August and we stayed at that hotel and it was very, very nice. So I'm sure T. Will and his family, his adorable little uh, children who are so, so cute. And I miss the videos he posts of them. Um, I, yeah, I'm sure they, I'm sure they love it. So I hope you enjoyed that answer. The Rock, please continue posting troll content because it makes my day anyway so we got the last question now hope you guys have enjoyed it so far from donald 61 says how many transfers can auburn get in basketball i know we got one already so how many more can we get i like it so they actually took a scholarship penalty i, I feel like a lot of people kind of like missed this when auburn had the postseason ban i feel like a lot of people kind of looked it over that they actually took a scholarship penalty so they only had 12 scholarships available as opposed to the normal count, which is 13. So assuming that they're back up to 13, you know, assuming like it's not a holdover penalty or anything like that, which I haven't heard that it would be assuming they're back up to 13 scholarships in the 2021, 2022 season. Let's do a quick head count here. I got them all written out. So um, keeping track of my hand, Sharif, just assuming Sharif, we're going to assume Sharif Flanagan and JT Thor all stay obviously they're all guys who are going to test the flanagan and sharif haven't announced it but they're probably going to test the nba draft process let's assume they all come back um that's one two three chris moore is four devin cambridge is five Jalen williams is six dylan cardwell seven stretch acting bowl is eight zep jasper the transfer you mentioned is nine and then you've got the two players coming in and jabari smith and trey alexander that makes for 11 scholarships you'd be in a bit of a bind. And a lot of people have brought this up, obviously trying to spin Jamal Johnson and Justin Powell and Javon Franklin transferring out of Auburn's program, obviously trying to spin that as a positive. But a lot of people have pointed this out that if you're, you're not as in that much of a bind now that those guys are out of there, you've got a lot more flexibility with your scholarships. And so you've got two left in terms of just looking at what Bruce Pearl has done in the past. They could take two more, obviously, if Sharif stays, you, you could completely max out your scholarships. Um, but sometimes you just eat that extra scholarship. I mean, that's what they did last year. I mean, they they were holding out for guys like Jonathan Kaminga, but I mean, they just ended up not doing it and they ended up not getting another transfer. My guess would be one, one more, regardless of whether Sharif stays. I, I don't 
I don't see a situation in which they just settle with Zepp Jasper because I feel like even if Sharif stays, you might need a backup point guard. And I think I think that's pretty obvious. And you might need you know some more players for the front court as well. But I think most people know that that's pretty obvious with the way that they're hunting down guys in the portal. And then I think if Sharif or someone else leaves, you know, Sharif could stay and JT Thor could go to the NBA. But obviously, the most likely one is that Sharif leaves. Um, the odds of getting two more transfers, one or two, you know, more than just one more transfer, or maybe, you know, dipping back into that 2021 class. I think those odds obviously go up um, if Sharif leaves. So for right now, though, definitely one more. Definitely. I can't look back at your original question. How many transfers can they get? Was your, I'm going to answer your exact question. They can get two more. Um, assuming everybody who is on the roster, who was on scholarship last year, who has not transferred out, assuming everybody's coming back now, if Sharif Cooper leaves as well, you've got three open spots. And so obviously you're probably not going to do that. So one more, I would say one more would be my guess. If Sharif stays two more, um, it's probably a pretty good possibility if he decides to leave. So already that is it. That is all for the questions that we had today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to everybody who submitted questions. Um, I had a pretty good time. I'm kind of just chilling here. It's like 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> I finally getting this recorded again. The, the dog occupies a lot of time, but I had a really good time talking to y'all. So really good time answering questions and just kind of hanging out. So appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. When we get on our next one, um, I will either have a more interesting guest than myself, or we will be talking about something concrete like spring football practice. So apologies if you didn't like this one, but I had a pretty good time with it. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and now subscribe on Spotify Woo! Um, and anywhere else you find podcasts. If it is not on your medium in which you listen to podcasts, please, please, please let me know. I want to make sure everybody can listen to this thing where they want to. Uh, if you didn't like the show, uh, shoot me a message. Let me know what we can do better. Um, leave us a five-star review, please. That is the number one thing that helps us out. Thank you to my buddy beats by Mordecai beats by Mordecai. You can find him on, if you just look him up, you can find him on SoundCloud, Twitter, Instagram. He does a great job. One of my friends from Huntsville, he does a really good job. He made us the intro and the outro music. Thank you to him. And until next time, I will see you guys later. Have a good rest of the week. Thank you guys for listening.